today was a big day. Partly because we got up in the middle of the night. That was a big deal for some of us, for me. But we made it out the door in the darkness and got to the lek in ample time this morning. We were well concealed. We had this blind material in front of us and this hen would come in and the one male went off to court her. She spent probably 20 minutes walking around that lek and seemed to be, from my perspective, assessing these different male birds and then she accepted one. So I love how the birds stand out in the snow, you know, their plumage is so detailed and that when they fan their tail, I mean, it's like spikes coming out. Mm -hmm. They're like punk rockers. Being a photographer in Wyoming, you have to know a lot about a bunch of different places and you know based on that condition that I'm seeing out there right now, I've got a shot at this, whatever that is. Welcome to Wild and Exposed Podcast. It's April 8th in 2018 and we are in Wyoming. Ron Hayes, my co-host, Michael Morrow, my co-host, and Mark Raycroft. And we have a gracious host this week for the days that we're here in Ron Hayes and, and showing us around Wyoming. And as touched on in our previous podcasts, one of our primary subjects that we've been pursuing are sage grouse on their leks, their spring mating rituals. And today was a big day, partly because we got up in the middle of the night. That was a big deal for some of us, for me. But we made it out the door in the darkness and got to the lek in ample time this morning. As mentioned on the previous podcast from yesterday when we attempted this, there was a snow, about two inches of snow covering everything. And that affected our ability to get there get close enough to the birds because even in pre-dawn light we were we were visible against the uh, this bright outline of the snow but that had all melted so quickly today being spring the temperatures jumped way up and we were able to get in with no problem this morning because it was darker all around and the birds didn't see us and we had success we collected some Michael collected some amazing video this morning on the leks of these birds strutting and it went even beyond that because in addition to the strutting there was Mating. Pardon? Fighting. Yeah. And that was it. Well, it wasn't that straightforward, though. I mean, there were four male birds displaying there for quite some time, and there were a couple of hens, and they take their time coming in. They assess this whole situation, and we were well concealed. We had this blind material in front of us, and this hen would come in, and the one male went off to court her, and to me, they all looked like they were doing the same dance, and they all looked just as impressive but she walked right past him and went right into the middle of the lek and she spent probably 20 minutes walking around that lek and seemed to be from my perspective assessing these different male birds and then she accepted one and before that you know she would get between a couple of the birds um, and I, they have their invisible boundaries in this lek and because it was too close to one bird a couple of the males fought briefly and then she'd go back into the corner and then and then bred with the one and you were able to capture all that and in regular time and what was also super cool for video was the slow motion because that whole uh, inflating of the the bellows the bellows mm -hmm. and it goes in three or four rhythms and catching it in slow motion was the way to show it it's and really amazing. appreciate yeah. it yeah what in the count i was shooting at 150 frames a second this morning so that's Every second of real time is five seconds. Right. In slow. Slows it right down. So, yeah, you see, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. 
And then you think about how many times they're doing that bellows thing every morning. Right. When you see it in slow-mo, you hundreds, see how much energy. Hundreds of times. They yeah. just kept going and competing with one another. So It's, it's amazing. It's, it's a cool. impressive display for these birds. Yeah. It was awesome. I, so. uh, and it's hard because you don't, well, that's the first time I've ever filmed it, so I mm. didn't really know what. what I mean, I've seen it on right? Yeah. But until you actually see it in person, it's like, what? Can we do this? So, and you should mention why you guys didn't shoot any stills. Well, I will, but I want while we're talking about the excitement of that and the success of that, I want to point out to our audio listeners that wildandexposed.com, if you go there, you can see not only our video recordings of these podcasts, but the footage, right? right? To right. see what this was about and really appreciate the difference between the real-time video and the slow motion and appreciate the display that these birds are, are putting on. Yeah, we'll do a little clip on Instagram too. Sure. Yeah, they'll all tether in through the website that way. You can find the links. Mm -hmm. So, Ron, is that was there anything different today, or was that pretty common? Is that exactly what you see, or no? Sage grouse don't fight nearly as much because, again, they they stay in their little areas. They don't travel a whole lot unless a hand shows up. And as soon as she showed up, you could see the behavior of those males change. They were, you know, it's a lot. It is like the prairie chickens, and I hate to keep referencing those because we don't have any footage of them right now, but um, they'll pretty much stay in their boundaries until a hen walks through, and then it's pretty much boundaryless, and it's it's game on. And that's kind of what we saw. We saw a couple fights this morning. I don't know. One of them might have been a little bit before there was enough light to, to film. The other one, yeah, happened right in front of us, and she... She just kind of stepped out of the way, let them do their thing. Yeah, I, it is typical behavior, but it's rare that you get to s see it. I mean, it's wildlife photography for me is capturing those moments that that happen, whether we're there or not, and just being able to share, being able to share those behaviors with people. And I think this morning we were fortunate to be able to do that because you don't see that every day on the lake. You don't see actual breeding, mating taking place. So that was that was awesome, especially to get it on, be able to get it on film as well. Right. Well, and I, I just wasn't sure if that fighting was common or if it wasn't, and it sounds like it's not. Yeah, no, so it it happens, cool. but it's it's not every day. Right. The um. There was two females too, right? We mm -hmm. thought. Yeah, one. There was only had out. one that really came in. Right. Yeah. yeah. So and then the other one stayed out on the periphery, and that that's kind of what. Um, ended the morning for us is is the female stayed out on the periphery and so the males went to her and uh, the distance just got too great and we weren't able to get any stills but it was you know to be able anytime you're out of doors and get an opportunity to see behaviors that very few people have ever observed I think you're uh, you're fortunate it was an awesome morning and the light came up nicely too mm -hmm. and you know the amount of wildlife we've seen in the past four days has, has been phenomenal for me. I've really appreciated this landscape and the wildlife. And I will admit, I mean, I, I'm, I photograph grouse and other birds, uh, raptors and owls, when the opportunity presents itself. But it's not my niche. So I don't often travel to seek it for mm -hmm. what I do. Um, I love the big animals and, and that kind of stuff. But this has been impressive. And these birds are. And the effort they put forward. And these these rituals that they do i really encourage people to watch you know go see the clip because they're impressive mm -hmm. 
So, and then with the still photography, you know, it was, it was great that Mike was able to capture all this video and, and the behavior that occurred in that short period of time that we shared with these birds this morning. And because he has extra reach with the video cameras compared to our still cameras, we weren't quite within range. My hope was that the lek, as it does so, sometimes does, will shift with the hen or even just the males and how they're staging with one another. And the hen at times would move, and so would the males. And I was, you know, fingers crossed that she would just come our way a little bit more and then be within range for the still cameras as well. But being a spectator was a lot of fun, and I was excited for Mike to capture this stuff. And, you know, we're going to try again tomorrow uh, at, a, at a different lek and see what we can come up with, and who knows what will happen. But um, it's been fun. Yeah, and it absolutely. Was, it was a success this morning, and I have no regrets at getting up in the middle of the night to make it out because <laughs> we got to see that. Would that happen? Would they start there, and then a female could shift the whole lek? Yeah, I mean, what we saw this morning is when those the females were out on the periphery, and they were they were probably a good 75, 80 yards. I would I would guess maybe more, um, but you saw that it it pulled the two males. Uh, pulled them clear out of the lek. Right. And then there were two males that were obviously, uh, neither one of them were the ones that fought. The same two males, I think, fought both times. And so the more passive or subordinate males kind of stayed behind. And the, the issue was that they, they just kind of stopped. Once those females were off and the two the two dominant males were, were gone, the other two just kind of started to feed um, but yeah, they can change the whole dynamic in the lek and the whole location, obviously. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for that too, because right. we it could have happened on the perfect place for the light. But right. we were actually on the perfect place for the displays, right? To mm -hmm. capture on video. Well, we so. did get yeah. If, the other thing that was when I lost my train of thought, it was uh, those four birds. Probably are the same four birds as yesterday, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean. Yep. I guess different ones can move in and out, but I think it's pretty cool that we were able to leave them yesterday, come back, and the same four birds in right. the same exact spot. So, obviously, what we're doing is not changing their behavior no. at all. Right. No, and, and cool. we had said in yesterday's podcast we were going to go to a different lake, but we because of the fast melt, that access road was flooded out this morning, and we weren't able to get in there. Yeah, we easily, should talk so about that because that was part of the effort, that, right? right? And we didn't expect it. He not did. at all. Yeah. He yeah. did. He's well, like, oh, that snow won't be there tomorrow. Yeah. But it was so the, cold yesterday. I'm like, of course that snow is going to be there. Mm -hmm. With the winds that were projected, and you had commented a few times, with the wind usually comes the warmer air, uh, which is what brings the wind. And that warm air comes across in those winds so fast that it, it can wipe out four to six inches of snow. Fortunately, we didn't have that much. Right. Mm -hmm. So we were able to get there this morning. But, right. yeah, it can it can take it in a hurry once it starts why were you hoping for the snow oh i would like to be able to film it in both scenarios i love how the birds stand out in the snow you know their plumage is so detailed and that when they fan their tail i mean it's like spikes coming out mm -hmm. they're like punk rockers man they're like all these spikes coming out of the back and on the snow all that it stands out so dramatically the contrast is there against the white background um and then ideally to, for somebody who has five days to be here to be able to get them on snow potentially and then without snow can show it covers the breadth of the 
of the breeding season it shows you know and if for what i do as a freelance photographer if i'm requested images requested to show sage gross on a lek or displaying it might be they want it to show early season when maybe most of the breeding takes place or maybe for some reason the article is discussing something about later on in the spring toward the end of it and in that way the, the, or the weather shows both so ideally and, and with spring you can get that one day to the next as proven right it can be very cold like yesterday morning and quite temperate today and comfortable and and the habitat reflected that so and you and if we had been able to get close both days we would have told two very different stories right right and i i, I want to say one more thing about stories because i think this is going to come up at some point and when we went into these leks we were very well concealed and being a still photographer, I want to get low on the subject. I don't want the foreground or any of the vegetation to get in the way, but that wouldn't happen here because the sage was quite stunted in this open area. It wasn't high. Originally, I thought the sage would be three feet high, but no, some of a foot high and a, a lot of open space. And obviously, these birds like to lek and display where they're very visible to attract females. So it's wide open country. So I'm down low in this prone position to get these low pictures but some of my colleagues on this trip were filming me saying that it looked like I was just sleeping and I wasn't even though we got up when we did you know I was working hard just in case that pops up on Instagram or on our website or something was, yeah. I was in position and ready for when the sun came up we were able to capture the uh, hmm. the same prone position yesterday I think when yeah there were no birds around so I well, he conveniently okay. placed himself so we couldn't see his right. eyes. Right? <laughs> we see that he's laying down, and he says he's awake. But... Exactly. All right, I hit, uh, hit the mallet here, and I'm going to say, in my defense, <laughs> yesterday we were trying to get some video, and so we were, again, a little bit out of range for still photos, so I didn't want to be a factor at all in the equation, so I laid down so Michael would hopefully have a chance to get video without any risk of movement movement so i stayed very still um in the background snoring no no <laughs> vocals whatsoever i have been told recently i haven't snored for months now so i'm gonna run with that as, oh good yeah good oh, good <laughs> that'll make other trips more pleasurable right hey i i had a question for you ron so let's say it's an average year not a super great year for these birds and not a super bad year mm -hmm. we said in one of the earlier podcasts this is about a six-week breeding season right how many days can you get like the perfect conditions so you're saying six in weeks in wyoming in wyoming yeah i'm just wondering i mean how many days would you have to be here to get the the perfect light the perfect luck the perfect you know number of birds the perfect you know just number of males and females i mean is That's, that like once a season i mean in my mind i'm thinking it's going to take once a season that all the stars line up and you get everything you want well but, i mean what i will say that once a season you'll have a day and it's just like any other shoot that you go on whether mark's shooting moose whether you're shooting bears i got the moose in this time <laughs> it, it doesn't matter i mean once a shoot you're going to have the perfect conditions everything's just going to come together and you're going to get the images that you want in the light, you know, that you would prefer. Um, now, as far as conditions during the season, you know, it, you probably have 
a week's worth of ideal conditions because the springtime in Wyoming in the West is generally where we get the vast majority of our moisture for the year. Um, so, and most of that comes in the way of spring snow. So we're going to have snowstorms, and then that, you know, if they're big spring storms like what we normally have, that generally doesn't shut the grouse down, but it shuts down your ability to be there. Um, so the conditions for them are great, uh, but the conditions for you as a photographer to, to be able to get there and, and capture that moment is Difficult. not as probable. Yeah. Right. So you'll have, you know, four or five days in those six weeks where everything just kind of everything comes together. comes together and you know hopefully it's when you're there <laughs> yeah because you know we all typically go to the best places for that species that the best time of, of year yeah when they're the most active or some sort of mating thing or something that just gets it out you know and this is that mm -hmm. for for the right. grouse yeah. but i'm thinking six weeks and after the conditions we've had right one day it's snowing the mm -hmm. next day it's and cold and snowy and the birds aren't just that active. I mean, yeah, I could see you. If you wanted the the best video that you could possibly get, or if you wanted to get shoot enough video to tell a whole story, you better plan a couple weeks. Be right? there every get morning for a couple perf, weeks. Yeah, to really count on the results. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then you're only dealing with the morning. Mm -hmm. They don't do this in the afternoon. Right. right, and hopefully your schedule is flexible enough that you know you can kind of pick and choose. Mm -hmm. the days that you're going to be there based on the forecast. But, right. you know, in, in this part of the country with all the mountains and, you know, that causes the weather to fluctuate from what they anticipate quite frequently. Right. So that was another thing that I told you guys I wanted to talk about on the podcast, but I didn't tell you what I wanted to talk Top about. Top secret. It was just something. I just hate talking about a story ahead of time because I feel like it comes across better right. for the first time. We all hear it. Makes sense. But... Being a photographer in Wyoming, you have to be, you have to know a lot about a bunch of different places. And you know, based on that condition that I'm seeing out there right now, I've got a shot at this, whatever right. that is. I mean, the amount of knowledge of right. all the different places that you're like, okay, today it's a little mm -hmm. bit windy, kind of overcast. I think it's best to shoot this. I've been really impressed by, you just know exactly where to go based off of what what's going on and <laughs> well <laughs> i mean maybe it's not it, it hasn't worked out you. like oh, we've planned seen a lot. But, but that's yeah, for you we have seen you're a lot. spoiled because you get to do it all the time i've only had four days right you know, and you look seen. at the amount of stuff we've seen today you showed us a couple of nests from phrygianus hawks that you've interacted with in the past i mean how do you find it's that beautiful I country mean, the amount of time you must the spend out in there. the woods yeah. mm -hmm. trying to figure out what's going yeah, on and i'd love to take credit for that one but well but I well, can't necessarily in our right. group you do get credit because <laughs> you you know you're showing this to us it's your right. knowledge that yeah. you're sharing and we yeah. appreciate that and it really you know showing us a lot and my appreciation for wyoming on this first trip is big right it's big country sure. but it's varied and the wildlife is abundant and, and varied species and um, clearly there's stuff you can do all year round here i mean with the various ungulates and and the raptors and there is i mean you have your birds and your downtimes like every everywhere else be a little bit in the winter once mm -hmm. all the antlers shed and or all the the rutting activity slows down it's a little bit slower and and then in july where it's just i mean the best images you can get in july are bucks and velvet getting a drink because they're going to do that often how about rattlesnakes 100 in july? degrees uh rattlesnakes in july are 
nocturnal fairly i suppose right is it <laughs> yeah they uh a lot of times where, where you'll see the rattlesnakes in july is on the road after oh, the no sun way. goes down i see okay. because they'll go out to you know to stay warm right because uh, the asphalt retains the, the heat. asphalt retains the heat but during the day they're they're hiding as well staying right. out it's of the summer shade. so it's yeah. too hot for even reptiles mm-hmm. in the summer heat yep okay and i guess the flip side to what i just said earlier mm-hmm. based on a condition you find a spot mm-hmm. or you find a you know of a species based on these conditions and you go get it mm-hmm. but the thing is is maybe you don't see that but there's all every day we've been out there's something right mm-hmm. whether you're taking pictures of a pronghorn or elk or so yeah. i'm I'm impressed. It's a pretty cool place. And you've told me about this for three or four years, right? And I've just been, like, trying to get up here based on my schedule. But I'm glad I came, and I want to make it an annual thing. Yeah, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, it is. It's a fun time. Yeah, thanks very much. Maybe we do it it a little bit a week or two later next year. But, you know, if we did that, it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. Because when we planned this, we were kind of thinking, I don't think our schedules really messed with it too much. You just thought, well, this is, you don't want to go too late because the, right. the, right. the activity dies down the a little bit. The hens don't show up because they're already bred. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't want to go too, too early because it does have the chance of snow and cold, cold, <laughs> right. cold. And so we thought kind of in the middle might be yeah. the ticket. But Made an edu- semi-educated guess. And, and educated. Right. <laughs> right. But that, that happens on, you know, inclement weather. A lot of our yeah, trips, exactly. we deal with it you know, yeah, at some just, stage. So, but, As a pro or as mm-hmm. someone that's out there trying to make a living at this, you just know that you can't will and I mean, every now and then you luck out and you get that one shot on that one day that you happen to be there. Mm-hmm. But most of the time when we're going to places, you got at least seven days. Yeah. You have a rule, like if you're going to Alaska, you need at least 10 days. In my books, I'd like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I agree 100% with that. And then other places, you just, 10 days is probably a minimum for most places. And then two weeks is great. To really expect, you know, for the cost of the travel and the time commitment and away from family and your normal routine to come away with material that is usable as a professional, you know, the 10 days, not only appreciating the rhythm of the, of the place you're in that I've elaborated on in previous podcasts, mm-hmm. but to expect to come out with material um, really 10 days because of the weather, the animal behavior, missing stuff each right. day. Yep. Um, you know, just not seeing is what I mean. Coming right. across mm-hmm. them in the right scenario, the right light, or any other variable. You know, you need those days of trial and error with all these things that are out of our control. Yes. If you do it five days, you know, if you get lucky, you come out with material, but you can't count on it. And when you have assignments or contracts based on it, you need enough time to not have too much stress the need to produce that and right. have it unfold. But I, you know, I think what you brought up was a very valid point, you know, that Ron really knows a lot about this country and, and oh. his uh, experience here is very clear with, with all these different species and it depends on the variables that you're facing that day, what you would go and pursue and that's fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the weather we've faced has made this trip and, and for the podcast too, quite interesting because we've had to deal with that. Right. If every day is bluebird and perfect for early morning light, I mean, sure, we might have had an extra day of, of better success on, on a lek, but you know, we're learning with all this and we encountered other things because of that too, because we've moved to a different location to try for a different species and saw them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so we have like a day and a half left before we have to get out of here. We have 24 hours left, don't we? So, Mr. Airplane's okay. waiting for me tomorrow night. <laughs> all right. Yeah. yeah. So 24 hours. So I think we had to put in a 
request list for Ron. Can we do that? Yeah. Well, he did it in Alaska <laughs> last year. Well, we should have done that at the beginning of the trip. we got to itemize this. Yeah. And say well, I didn't want to put the pressure on too I early, know, so I I'm thinking that may be the problem. I've got a few things. <laughs> I've got a few he didn't things know. that I want to okay. get, and it's right. up to him to produce, right? What are we I looking would, for? A badger. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd like to get some video of a badger. All right. And then the golden eagle, you know, it, it's so close. on a rock, you know, I want to, not on a fence post or a, a power line or whatever, a power pole. Right. I'm thinking a, a rock or some sort Natural. of crop crop. I can't do the power pole stuff. Even on Instagram, I can't, you know, there's a great image and great light and it's a beautiful subject, whether it's a great gray owl, whether it's a meadow lark, if it's on, to me, this is my personal thing. If it's on barbed wire fence or a post, I mean, it's still something worth observing. But I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I want to see that on a, on a snag. I want to see mm-hmm. it on in a natural context. In the context, not. So that's and, mm-hmm. and and you know how we have these trips and we get these images, but we have so many other experiences that happen that are just images that get recorded by our retina into our brain. Well, one that stands out, I mean, there are many from this trip, but one is when we were driving along that back road and rounded that corner, there was unfortunately a deer carcass in the ditch. And there was, and it had still had snow in there. So the the situation around the deer carcass photographically would make it look like a kill. And there was this beautiful, majestic, huge golden eagle sitting on it. And, you know, I almost put a crick in my neck when we went around looking at this bird. And then I thought for a second that, oh, maybe we can get this, you know. So Mm -hmm. I'm getting my camera ready, and we turned around and hoped it would stay. And unfortunately, it didn't. And that's the way this goes. But that was visually, you know, the the picture I took with my eye, man, I could have sold that picture. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and it tells a story, right? And that's what we love to do with, with our work. So. so I've got two. Okay. What's, what's yours? What would you like to like? Pterodactyl. Well, I was I was requesting when we were up in that canyon yesterday, doing the hiking footage and stuff with the drone. Um, the landscape just was begging <laughs> for a Sasquatch, and yeah. it was this deep we cavern. About it. Yeah. There was these conifer trees. Right. Easily could have hidden three or four Sasquatch in this valley. And for years, I and I know that lots of people joke about this, but if they're out there, to be the person to get the picture. So I did ask Ron. I said, "Is there any chance?" You know, he had re- he had said that a friend of his had seen a couple of lions at some point, mountain lions right. in there. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. So even though we were looking for the duskier blue grouse, you know, there's always a tantalizing thought that you know mountain lions are in here. It's ideal habitat if the all the stars lined up and you get a glimpse of one sneaking behind a conifer at 70 yards sneaking away and get that photo would be phenomenal got it sasquatch and mountain lion we can go to the same place i'm okay with that the same valley all right too much and then badger (laughs) badger a golden eagle golden eagle and and we've got natural city we've got maybe 18 20 hours left in the trip yeah um and you probably better be cut sleeping. this short and if you can pull that off you yeah you <laughs> see when that happened in alaska mm-hmm. i think my expectations were potentially more realistic oh i mean oh. Oh. Uh, i'll see what i can do <laughs> all right i'll change mine just the just the mountain lion 
do just the mountain lion or I can even be I mean that's the dream that's that's the lottery win there right for anybody to get a, a wild mountain lion sneaking through oh the yeah timber. absolutely so it's just was so uh, suitable that landscape just to see it let alone be able to capture well it. of course there's yeah. that too yes. have you done it a wild mountain lion I have photographed one no you've seen him though seen him yeah we had the the episode that we already shared or we shared on a podcast that you know we had one right above us and uh had my kids with me and mm -hmm. i'm not necessarily afraid of the mountain lion but in that scenario i was a little bit nervous i will young children and that was in. a fishing trip you probably that was a fishing a camera trip. with nope. you right no camera no nothing right no video no that was in wyoming obviously. it was yep. yeah yeah yep so do we need to change the request then? I mean, I can be... No, 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 no. I'm happy with whatever wanna, comes along. We're going to keep the request. That's too easy. Well, we set the expectations high. Okay. Next year when we roll into town, he'll be like... He'll work really hard exactly. at putting this together. Exactly. <laughs> I think we keep the feet to the fire. All right. All right. <laughs> minimum of 100 birds on the leck. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be good too. You're right. Yeah. But I, I just thought I'd take the it's heat off of the... Lilac and put it on like a badger. A badger's mm -hmm. that's doable. Badger's doable. Yeah, we have prairie dog population is not lacking in my part of the world, so you can definitely find a badger or two. Yep. With time. With time. Eighteen hours may not be enough. May, Maybe we don't. It know. May it may that's not. That's all part of the. We already saw this morning where one's been working, so we may. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. The effort's there, perseverance, and you just right. never know when it'll happen. It could happen right when you try, or it may be a long time off, but you keep Might trying. Might be later than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a lot of fun, and just the social part, too. It's nice to get in the field with people who are as passionate about the wildlife and environment and exactly. having good times and fresh air and hiking. And the wind picked up today. Something else I wanted to point out, too, is a varying uh, landscape that we're dealing with with the change in weather. Just very briefly, I mean, yesterday morning when we were trying for the sage grouse was a frozen landscape with a couple inches or two or three inches of beautiful white snow. Yeah, I think even when I look back, I think that pond had a little right. crest on it. Right. No, I, I saw it. Ice, it, was like yeah. it, was, it was ready to be a hockey rink. Yeah. Well, almost. not quite. <laughs> If you, if you like to swim with your pond hockey, hockey. well, <laughs> you know it was only a few inches deep. I think I looked that it didn't look like it would. Yeah, not no more than that for sure. Sure, and then then after this melt, because there's some level of, of the ground still frozen to a degree. There's a surface, and it was quite muddy today. Mm -hmm. So you know we were kneeling and you know didn't necessarily I didn't right away getting into my proper position to capture these images realize how much we were going to sink in. And, and right. it was, was you know there's a tip scene. right there there's a hack there's a hack i think if you're gonna do sage grouse you well i think we talked about it yesterday it's the turkey chair right yeah. that would have been so much more comfortable mm -hmm. than doing what we did today well the knee pads i was grateful for today because my knees did not get wet or super muddy right. and the plastic exterior on the pads yeah, I can and we're talking off. mud we're yeah. not talking just like getting a little on your oh, shoes sticky. i mean this is no, like sticky yeah it was... you're in it you're not getting out of it and just deal with it because yeah. yeah well it you're is there what it is. We've, we've we've gone through this effort to be here right the birds are lecking and performing just dig in and you, enjoy it yeah you make it work and and i have yeah. a little stool that i brought and i thought well maybe i could get away with that and probably could have probably could have today 
The problem with that, though, is, is that mud was so soft, I think those legs... That's what I was going to say. The stool today would have been about the same height as cushion. the turkey chair. Yeah, it would have probably been sitting on the ground because it would have probably just sunk right in. But I think definitely if you're ever going to go do that right. as a viewer or... Right. Yeah. Do you want to find something it's that's comfortable that gets you low? Pretty cozy. Whatever and, that is. And Mark would probably be able to make a more convincing argument that he wasn't actually asleep because he right, was, was sitting up. Yeah. But he did have his pack right there, like a pillow. He did. I, mean, yeah. was, I had my pack because I wasn't using a tripod, and I'm resting my elbow on camera on the, when, it, when I'm ready to, to take the pillow. He's yeah, quick the, to throw out the excuses. The camera was laying three feet off to the side. <laughs> well... <laughs> I was waiting for the light to come up. The sun was below the horizon. I, it was a good time. Lots of fun. And uh, then the wind picked up uh, after yeah. the birds had left, too. Which is, you know, I was thankful for that because I would have been seriously bummed out if they were still close and or even moved over a little bit. Because mm -hmm. when I'm shooting video, I can't... There's so much surface area to that camera... Right. You can't even get out of the wind. Right. So, and then you're magnifying these images so much that any, you know, you barely tap it and it shakes. Right. So if there's a constant wind, it's just like, it's a sail and it's Shut, really hard shuts to shoot you video. Down. You know, I would have to lay on the other side of you laying down. Mm -hmm. you, you know, his yeah. are you suggesting sleeping I'm pose a wind would be a wind block. I see. Right. Yeah. I see. I'd and help you out if difficult. I could. You know, but I'm in, I also photographing. I'm kind of in the intense and in the zone. So at some point, I'd have to engage with taking some pictures, even though I was helping you be helping oh, your windbreak. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. You know, it's a team effort. I'm there for you. Yeah. When, when you need me there, you know. And I helped carrying that you blind material in today too. I, yeah. I had an extra hand, <laughs> and you have. You know, you were showing. You know, for the audio listeners, the size of your camera setup for this situation is virtually three and a half feet long. And if you go, you know, you'll see that stuff through the through the website, perhaps. Um, and that's why the wind catches it, right, as you're pointing out yeah, so long. So, and, and it's very heavy. So I knew you were burdened by that. And we had a fair hike in, and it's yeah. a bit slippery, a bit muddy. And so I carried your big, long roll of, of camouflage material. That was great. That's another hack because that you can mm -hmm. work that around any, any part of us and, and put it maybe under a camera pack that you're using as a brace so it doesn't get muddy. I did that. <laughs> but I carried that in. So, you know, I was, yeah. you know I'd like to help wherever I can. Yeah. So. yeah. It, was, it was a good help. <laughs> but hey, really. I would have been Not bummed enough. if it wouldn't. You got if it. If the birds would have stayed and the wind picked up like that. Right. But that's to be expected in mm -hmm. Wyoming, right? Wide open country. Wyoming and, yeah, with wildlife, you never know. Right. Yeah, it was fun, though. And I am so stoked that you got it today. Oh, and it was too. worth getting up. And, and I thanks mean, you guys for helping me get it, too. Because this, unless you live here and you're constantly right. out there, I mean, it'd be hard for me to get that stuff by myself. If I rolled into town, I wouldn't even know where to start. We, yeah. we cover, you know, it was over an hour away. Uh, to where these leks are and then they're on these big private ranches as you mentioned and yeah there's no way that i would ever i don't know where i'd witness this if it wasn't mm -hmm. with you this trip i have no idea so it's yeah it's been awesome to have that privilege to see this and uh, have fun with it and again that we got it we got it yeah we did it yep so we'll keep at it tomorrow morning again and we'll try for still photography and see what happens give it our a game and uh, 
and we'll see what comes this afternoon. So we'll get the mountain lion out of the way this afternoon and the badger. And then we've got the, another attempt at a, at a lek tomorrow. Yep. And with the wind today and the sunshine and the warmer temperatures, the, the uh, you call it a two-track, the yep. roadway getting in through this ranch should have dried out to go to the other Yeah, it, even, yeah, as the wind dries things out fairly quickly, I think even when we were coming out of right. the lek we were at this morning, it was it was totally different base underneath us yeah and this other like is not quite as open a country either so there's there's maybe no. a better chance for still photographers to get a little tighter yeah get a little but, tighter i mean we have big telephotos it's not to the point there's changing right. the bird's behavior but right we yep. just do have to be closer than than mike's video equipment that way yeah. because our magnification is you know 500 millimeter lens is 10 times magnification with our big sensors on the da50 that we're using right now 45 megapixels we can double that so 20 times magnification is awesome reach for these birds but we still have to be a little bit closer than this morning it would have been stills. cool to be even oh, for yeah. video because i had to shoot at 4k mm -hmm. the camera will shoot 8k but to get the reach i had to bump right. it down to 4k which makes my sensor smaller and that gave me the reach that worked. Good. Yeah. But if, if, if we got closer, if, if you guys are in the zone and are able to shoot stills, right. I'll shoot at 8K. Right. Which will be fun to see because that's brand new, that sensor and that yeah. camera and new technology yeah. to see Within the last how, year. how it looks, right? Yeah, it should be pretty cool. Um, yeah, that would be. It'll be fun to play with. So hopefully we can get that tomorrow. The clips that we were watching before the podcast, just reviewing what was filmed this morning. I mean, I, I, so they were they were awesome. The, the the breeding shot that you had the two males in, and they were both displaying for her. I mean, yeah, that was great behavior. And you know, so it's the so dis cool. you were that was fine distance wise because it showed that you know you yeah, get a feel me, of the uh, lack in this prime. prime. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to have been any closer at four K. Mm -hmm. I would just want to get closer at 8K, which mm -hmm. I think it's going to be pretty comparable. If you guys can shoot, that's right. when I would shoot 8K. Mm -hmm. We'll right. see. We'll try Fingers crossed. or tonight or something. Yeah. So, looking forward to it. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to Wild and Exposed. And you can find us at wildandexposed.com and our links there to our Instagram, our social media, and our own websites. And we look forward to telling another podcast tomorrow with the final day here in Wyoming for this trip. You know what, though? If if we have the the mountain lion badger elect day, we're done. We may not make it back in time to That's do a true. podcast to get you to the airport. So, <sighs> right, right. I think to hear the final story, we're going to have to, like... That's possible. I would take just the elect. I would take just more birds. I don't need a badger Stop. or a no, mountain lion. Don't back out now. Mountain lion, that what? <laughs> that's this afternoon. Yeah, that's today. Right. Okay, we're still so going for that. So you got like what? Well, not tomorrow. I was only only thinking of elect tomorrow due to my commitment oh. to be seated, seating on a seated seated on a plane. Caffeine when you get up at three thirty in the morning is a big part of getting through the day, and sometimes it affects your speech pattern. <laughs> no, I'm just saying we have about four hours for him to get the lion and right. the badger. Badger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm ready to hoof it over mountains and through valleys and peek around. So, yeah, sure. So we're ready? We're right. ready. Yeah, let's do but, it. But, yeah, our next podcast will be a conclusion of this trip, whether it takes place in person with each other here tomorrow or uh, over, Skype. over Skype with fancy technology when we've all been back situated at home bases. Yeah. Either way, that's what's coming up next, and thank you for tuning in. Yeah.